Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jonesboro, Tennessee. While I was researching the other ghosts in this very haunted town, Jonesboro, historian Deborah Montani picked my interest in a small, privately owned home on Main Street. I know the woman who lives there, and she's adamant that she has a ghost in her house. She knows the ghost's name and has a relationship with it. I followed up with Sue Henley, the owner of this unusually haunted house, and this is her story about Mary. Sue Henley was born not 10 minutes from Jonesboro and has lived in the area her entire life. She and her husband Gerald brought the little home on Main Street over 20 years ago from an elderly woman who Sue refers to as Miss Martha. The Henleys' previous house sold more quickly than they expected and they found themselves having to move into the Main Street home before it was fully renovated. Perhaps the ghosts didn't like the idea of new homeowners, but the couple experienced an inauspicious start to their lives under their new roof. The incident started almost the minute we moved in. Our very first night in the house, I got locked in the bedroom. My husband Gerald used a screwdriver to get the door open, and after that, we tried a hundred times to get that door to lock by itself, and it wouldn't, Sue declares. That was just the beginning of the strange things that Sue and Gerald would come home to each day. I worked in town, and before leaving, I would turn off the radio. It was the kind you have to turn the knob to turn off, and it would make a popping noise as it shut off. But I would come home, and the radio would just be blaring. Several times, the bathroom faucet somehow turned itself on, and after a concerned effort to twist it tightly shut, my husband would come in and say, how many times do I have to tell you to turn off the tap? Just five minutes earlier, it would have been there closing it, but the water was then running again. Things in the house were constantly moved to the point of driving Sue crazy. One might think that this type of thing is easy enough to explain with absent-mindedness or her husband's misplacement of items, but Sue says that it escalated. I have a lot of antique bowls and ornaments, and they are all on the shelves. I would come home from work, and in the kitchen, half a dozen of my antiques would be sitting on the floor, 
not broken, just sitting there. And one day, a dried rose was laying in my seat where I usually sit. In addition, Sue often returned home to find poopery scattered on the foyer floor and up the steps to the second floor. Concerned by the ongoing supernatural commotion, she contacted the former owner. I asked Miss Martha, are there any ghosts in your house? And she gave me a funny look, paused, and finally said, well, they've never bothered me, and she lived there for 90 years. It soon became clear that one of the two bedrooms on the upper floor belonged to the spirit in the house. I had a friend visiting, and she hadn't been here quite that long. She checked out the upstairs room, and when she came back down, she said, You're going to think I'm crazy, but there's a young woman sitting on the floor in the bedroom by the fireplace with her knees drawn up to her chest. Sue laughs because now when people come downstairs after touring the second floor, she knows the first words out of their mouth will probably be, You're going to think I'm crazy. My niece didn't want to stay in there at first, she recalls. Finally, she worked up the courage, and on her first night sleeping in the room, she heard someone walk in. She told me the next day that she didn't open her eyes because she was afraid to look. Something then sat down on the bed, and then she felt a heavy weight on her body. It only lasted a few seconds and then lifted. My niece said that after that she felt she made she had made peace with the ghost and was not afraid anymore. The same thing happened soon after another guest in the room. A woman who runs the nearby ice cream parlor stayed overnight, and the next day at breakfast told Sue she had tried to scream but could not get out a sound. The heavy weight pinned her to the bed and lifted as suddenly as it had occurred. It took some time before Sue had named her resident spirit. I call her Mary because years and years ago, one night when I could not sleep for my husband's snoring, I came down to sleep on the sofa and I had a dream that I was driving home. I was crossing the river bridge and when I looked over, there was a woman sitting in the passenger seat and she had said, my name is Mary and I want to tell you why I'm in your house. She wanted to explain that it was that the last place she had heard her husband were happy before the Civil War. I recall that she had a long skirt, a beige blouse, and her hair was pulled back, but I don't recall her face. After more than two decades of sharing her home with Mary, Sue describes the ghost as a mischievous little thing. As an example, one Christmas day, while fixing dinner, Sue had the table set and was standing in the family room talking to her husband and mother-in-law where something caught her eye in the dining room, so she turned and saw that all her cutlery had been crossed. Now, I can imagine one set being crossed, but all of them? Mischief now and then turns to malice. One year, while decorating for Christmas, Sue put it on Madonna and had a glass globe over it and candles on the dresser in Mary's room. The next day, Sue went into the bedroom to discover that the whole thing had been thrown onto the floor and smashed. I just said, well, we know one thing, she's not Catholic. The incident turned to the tide for Sue's husband and made a believer of him finally. The only other destructive moment caught Sue by surprise. I was washing dishes one night and then an antique toothpick holder flew off the shelf, soared straight across the room and hit the hearth, breaking into a zillion pieces. For the next couple of years, things quieted down and Sue thought perhaps Mary had left but it seemed the spirit was just dozing. A visiting paranormal investigator actually saw Mary and described the same clothing that Sue saw in her dream. The next day, when Sue awoke, she opened her bedroom door on the floor lay an antique postcard. I don't even know where it came from, but written around the edges it said, I thought I'd better write to let you know I'm not dead. That gave me a start. 
Unlike so many of Sue's house guests, she had never seen Mary, nor does she want to. The Henleys do not plan to move out, though, so they'll likely continue their very interesting cohabitation of the historic home on Main Street. And please, should you be visiting Jonesboro, do remember that this is a private residence, and please be respectful for Mary. <laughs>